You are listening to a proper DBE podcast hosted by Georgia Abrams and brought to you by the Daughters of the British Empire. British Empire is a 501c3 nonprofit American Society of Women of British or Commonwealth birth or ancestry, sharing and promoting our heritage while supporting local charities and our senior living facilities across the US. In 1527, Henry VIII was denied an annulment of his marriage to Catherine of Aragon. So he did what any reasonable person would do and broke away from the Catholic Church, establishing himself as the supreme head of the Church of England, demanding loyalty of all subjects, newly reformed Protestants and Catholics alike. Catherine did give Henry a daughter, Mary, who would eventually take the throne in 1553. She was raised Catholic, like her mother. And upon becoming queen, she wanted to return England to the Catholic Church and revived strict heresy laws, which led to the execution of approximately 300 Protestants in less than six years, earning her the nickname Bloody Mary. In 1558, Mary's half-sister, Elizabeth I, took the throne and quickly reestablished the Reformation her father began. Anyone taking office within the church that refused to acknowledge Elizabeth as head of church and state would be heavily fined, and repeat offenders would be imprisoned or even executed. Catholicism became marginalized, but some priests kept their religion alive in secrecy despite the risk of torture and execution. But Elizabeth had no heir. So, after her death in 1603, no heir being named, son of Mary Queen of Scots, James VI of Scotland, became James I of England. Many believed that with a Catholic mother, James would be sympathetic to the Catholic flight. He was moderately tolerant of Catholics in the beginning, preferring exile over execution, and not persecuting Catholics as long as they were quiet and lawful. However, on April 24, 1605, a bill was introduced to Parliament that threatened to outlaw all remaining English followers of the Catholic Church. I bet you can guess what happens next, but first... Why don't you pour yourself a cup of tea and get comfortable? Before I pick up our story where I left off, let's hear who is joining me this afternoon. My name is Louise Churchill. I'm a member of the Mary Wollstonecraft chapter in Colorado, in Colorado Springs. I've been in the DBE since 1985 when we first came over to America. I was born in Preston but lived between Preston and Southport in Lancashire. And uh, as I say, I I came over in 1985 with uh, my husband and two daughters. I hadn't been over long, a month or two, when I met an English lady and she invited me to the Daughters of the British Empire. And I thought, oh, I don't know. I want to meet Americans. But anyway, I went and I was absolutely delighted because to speak to people with British heritage, they knew exactly what I was talking about and the humor was great. Jane Stone, I was actually born in Detroit, Michigan, first generation of uh, English parents. Uh, went over to England as a postgrad student in 1988. Met my husband a year and a bit later. 
and ended up living in Stratford-upon-Avon for 20-odd years, uh, raised our daughter there, came back to the U.S. 10 years ago, almost exactly, and uh, joined the DBE, oh gosh, I think it must be about four or five years ago now. Very much like Barbara, it was just so great to be able to talk to other Brits who understood the sense of humor, who understood the culture. And I'm a member of the Barrington Court chapter in Illinois. Back to our story. A man of ancient, historic, and distinguished lineage a good-looking man, athletic, and a good swordsman, decided the best way to end the marginalization of Catholics was with gunpowder. This man was Robert Catesby, the man behind the gunpowder plot, the man who assembled the other 12 conspirators, John Wright, Christopher Wright, Robert Wintour, Thomas Wintour, Thomas Percy, Robert Keyes, Thomas Bates, John Grant, Ambrose Rookwood, Sir Everard Digby, Francis Tresham, and of course, Guy Fox. These 13 men were willing to go to extraordinary lengths for the sake of what they believed was the one true religion, and it was here he placed 36 barrels of gunpowder. It was here he would be discovered before the plan was seen through. He was arrested and taken to the Tower of London to be tortured. Several of the conspirators, including Catesby, made a stand against authorities, and died in the shootout. Eight, including Fox, were hanged, drawn, and quartered. After torture and execution of the conspirators, accusations of treason, heresy, and witchcraft were soon used to persecute anyone who was perceived as an enemy of the crown, thereby ridding the country of both Catholics and witches simultaneously. Lancashire, at the time, was perceived by the royal courts as lawless, with Catholicism and witchcraft alike thriving, so Catholics fled north to escape persecution. Unfortunately, only a few years later, the Pendle Witch Trials would take place in 1612, but that's a story for a different time. Bonfire night celebrations occur all over the UK, with the firework display at Alexandria Palace in London being one of the largest and most popular. Other popular celebrations take place in various locations like Battle, Ottery St. Mary, and Lewis. These include torchlit processions, traditional costumes, tar barrel rolling, marching bands, and funfairs. Lewis is also famous for its often politically charged and topical effigies like David Cameron, Vladimir Putin, Jeremy Clarkson, even Donald Trump. Their procession also features 17 burning crosses to commemorate the 17 Protestants that were burned at the stake there by Bloody Mary in the 1500s. Wembley Park's Bonfire Night celebration combines with Diwali, the Festival of Light, and in addition to fireworks, there's also a light parade, Indian food, a Bollywood brass band, and a giant mechanical elephant. While none of us get up to anything that extravagant over here, we still keep the tradition going in the small ways we can. Yeah, this will be our third year hosting it. And I can't remember quite how it came about to do it the first year. I think it was just kind of, we missed Guy Fox, and uh, we'd always really enjoyed the celebration that we used to go to. And I sort of proposed it at one of the meetings, would everyone like to come round? And it, it was a hit. So that will be happening this Friday. 
We'll have Guy Fox Knight at our house. I'm in the same chapter, actually, the Barrington Court chapter. So I shall be going and my husband as well. So, What kind of things do you get up to to celebrate? What we tend to do, uh, we make some food to share. And in fact, this year we've actually managed to get some proper bangers from Jolly Posh, which is a local company. So we'll have some food and we'll sit outside. We've got a sort of seating area outside with a little bonfire. Um, It's only a small bonfire. It's not big ones like we used to have back in England, but it'll be a little bonfire and we'll burn a guy, although I'm not quite sure what the guy is going to be this year. Last year, it was great. We had a couple of kids that came along and helped. I'd made a, a little outfit out of some leftover fabric for the, for the guy and we just kind of stuffed him with straw. He can't be too big because our bonfire isn't very big. So he was only what about 18 inches long. Um, <laughs> and then we sort of threw him on the fire at one point and watched him burn. And then uh, we have some fireworks. We're lucky enough that we live right next to a brook. So uh, plenty of water nearby if anything gets out of hand. But yeah, so we'll let off some fireworks and just enjoy the bonfire and fireworks and some food and just chatting. And yeah. Louise, I think this would be a good transition to talk about your prize winning guy. (laughs) It was many years ago now, uh, back home, when my children and I used to, when they were young, we used to make guys and there was a competition locally that you could submit your guy and the the best guy that won this competition would be on the top of the community bonfire I thought why not and so we made this larger than life (laughs) guy forks and went to town I mean he had the wide brim hat the buckles I used paper doilies for like the lace on his clothing. He he was head to toe, just looked like Guy. And he sat on a dining room chair in my dining room and uh, until the big night. And uh, a couple of times my children would get up and frighten themselves silly because they would catch him <laughs> staring right at them while they got themselves a, a drink or something from the kitchen, completely forgetting that it was there. Um, anyway, we won. And like I said, our prize was sat on top of the uh, huge bonfire. Yeah, that's my, my one of my claim to fames. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I wanted to talk about was food we do cinder toffee and i don't really know the regional variations that much so mm-hmm. parkin is a yorkshire thing right barbara yes, did I, you have parkin in well we, we, we did and, and actually i i never liked it so i just looked the recipe up i know my husband said he liked it but it's it's got treacle in it and and syrup and a little bit of ginger and and to me it was quite dense and and I didn't like it much but we used to um, I grew up on a market garden we had a big plot of land at the side of the house and we had a lot of old broken boxes and branches from trees and my father would make a huge bonfire 
And but talking about food, we used to have baked potatoes. Now, mm. we, that was the days before foil, foil, silver foil, and you just put them in the ashes and let them cook in the ashes. So all the outside would be burnt to a crisp, but you could mm. the inside was was okay. And and the other thing we had was treacle toffee, and that, that's a Lancashire thing, I think. But we we used to be frightened as children because sometimes you'd get the boys would throw bangers at you. Um, I think you call them rick rick racks over here. I'm not sure. Like the little snap firework. Yes, and no. they would make you jump. They would throw them at your feet and you'd jump. Very dangerous, mm-hmm. really. But but yeah. <laughs> we used to have a lot of fireworks and rockets, and uh, it it was great. I don't really like treacle, so we never really had treacle toffee that much. But I was talking to my mom yesterday. You know, I said we should try making some cinder toffee this year. And she wanted to make treacle toffee too, but we just don't have any treacle. So I'm not that worried no, about it. No. <laughs> I, I don't know what cinder, cinder toffee is. What, what is cinder toffee? Cinder toffee. It's like what's on the inside of a crunchy. Oh, yeah. oh mm-hmm. honeycomb. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. We always called it cinder toffee. I don't know where that came from, but that's that was my favorite. Maybe because it looks like a cinder block. Yeah, maybe. So the fireworks we used to go to every year were at a small village, like five miles from where we lived. And it was always done by the big house in that village. And you'd show up for the the bonfire night and you'd give a charity donation on the way in. And then they also raised money for charity by doing hot dogs and hamburgers. And they always did the toffee apples, toffee Mm -hmm. apples. Um, And then the highlight, though, as an adult was what they called Tucker's tipple. And Tucker's were the family that did the, the fireworks. And the Tucker's tipple is this wonderful mold alcohol that's just fabulous <laughs> so <laughs> that's sort of the food that I equate with Guy Fox night yeah some you need something to keep you warm right hot apple cider that's my favorite mm-hmm. one thing I wanted to talk about because we don't really do Halloween over there the way that it's done over here but we do have Guy Fox night and I think there's a lot of similarities there's a lot of crossovers so I wanted to talk about that a little bit if anyone can think of anything off the top of their heads Um, we used to call it mischief night it was the night before bonfire night and uh, it wasn't really very good people would take gates off and then leave them down the road or do things like that which was very disruptive really it was a hard night for the local police that night but that's what it was called mischief night wow Goodness. Vandalism, petty vandalism happening. <laughs> um, that's what I know kids over here, you know, TP houses, and I never understood that. So I don't know if that's just a thing that you have to grow up with around the Midwest. Uh, one thing I read recently was about how, you know, wheeling your guy around and doing your penny for the guy is similar to trick or treating as well which I never really thought of, but I thought that was interesting. Yeah, you kind of don't really see that nowadays. I remember seeing that a lot, um, a penny for the guy. You'd go door to door, literally, with your guy. But by the time I was having my children, that was kind of dying out, whether or not 
it still happens there now. I'm not sure. No, I don't recall it happening. But my husband talked about when he was a kid, they would do that. Well, I, I found it strange, really. I don't think we really thought about why we were having a bonfire. Apart from, <laughs> obviously, we were burning guy, the Guy Fawkes who tried to blow up Parliament. But then um, I was just reading something. And the bonfire really was celebration. It, bonfires in that time were mm -hmm. a celebration that things were oak victory you know or they would light bonfires on the on the hills if, if there was an armada coming or something like that so it was a celebration really the bonfire and then burning the the guy um if you look at legislation in england um guy forks is actually the equivalent of thanksgiving it is considered a thanksgiving celebration interesting oh. i didn't know that mm -hmm. i guess uh giving thanks that the king of the time hadn't been blown up right <laughs> <laughs> and that the houses of parliament didn't We're get still blown standing up. yeah yeah, yeah. well that I, was a heck of a lot of gunpowder they found underneath wasn't it i, I can't like remember the barrels or something like that yes yeah it was a crazy well, amount and it was he was rowing backwards and forwards for days how yeah. he didn't get caught straight well away, I and know. i read he had he had rented that cellar under the Houses of Parliament under an alias, and his name was John Johnson, which I just thought was the best <laughs> fake name. <laughs> it wasn't just him. There was a whole group of them. Right, and he yes. wasn't even the ringleader. He no. just happened to be the one that got caught first, and that's why yeah. we, we remember. Well, yeah, Robert Gatesby was the ringleader. Mm -hmm. and, and actually, how they found out about it Somebody wrote a letter to one of the members of Parliament saying, "Don't oh, really? go. <laughs> yeah, don't go that to Parliament tomorrow." <laughs> really? Well, um, there are some people who think that the authorities already knew about it and they just wanted to see how far they would go. Yes, I I've heard that too because they wanted to punish the Catholics more. And did oh, that's what I was going to say. Did you know that Catholicism wasn't completely accepted in the UK until I think the 1800s? It took that mm -hmm. long. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they destroyed many, many churches long before that. Mm -hmm. There were times when you, you could have been put in prison for being a Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, the Queen uh, Mary before Queen Elizabeth she was Catholic. She persecuted the Protestants. Mm -hmm. So, it, and then when Queen Elizabeth got in, she persecuted the Catholics. And then when James the First, which was James the the fourth, sixth, sorry, James the sixth of Scotland, when he came to the throne, he was Mary Queen of Scots' son. And they thought, oh, well, this will be great because Mary Queen of Scots Catholic. This will be fine. And and he was more uh, Catholic and his wife. But then uh, when he, he got onto the throne, the, the Catholics started doing different things. And um, so he had to stand up and um, say everybody had to be Protestant to keep the peace, really. The, the horrible thing was they hung Drew, Drew and quartered yeah. when they got the people. So it's pretty horrible what they did to them. I suppose it's better than putting them on the top of the bonfire. <laughs> yeah. 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 We did try... Um, See, the problem with uh, living in Colorado is that we're usually under a uh, fire ban. So right. it's really difficult to celebrate it in any meaningful way. 
I have a little chimney in the garden and so we'll light that, which is quite pathetic in, you know, in comparison, but it's the best we can do. A fair few years ago, one of my friends wanted to celebrate Guy Fawkes with us and said, you know, we'll, we'll have it at our home. Um, they had like one of those steel barrel type things that you can burn stuff in. So we did that. And similar to you, Jane, we made a tiny little guy because that's yeah. all that would fit, literally like a baby size. Yeah. And um, we had hot dogs and soup and baked potatoes, you know, and all that sort of thing. And we're merrily sitting outside, minding our own business. In the distance, we could hear the fire engine alarm, oh. uh, you know, sirens, sorry. Yes. And we all just chuckled and said, oh, wouldn't that be funny if it was for us? Oh. And didn't really think anything more of it until it got closer and closer. And um, where we were situated, we could see through to the uh, adjacent um, road and the fire truck went by. And we were like, okay, well, it wasn't for us. Joke over, oh. you know, until they circled around. <laughs> oh, <laughs> And we just were struck in silence thinking, are we really in trouble? You, you know, has someone called the fire brigade? Um, and they pulled up and a couple of the officers got out of their truck. And I just wanted the earth to open up and, and just swallow me whole. And my friend thought it was hilarious. And as they came over, they said, you know, what are you doing? And so she said, oh, well, we've just burned Guy. <laughs> <laughs> and the officer um, at this point was now warming his hands on our fire. And he said, ma'am, I don't care what you did before I got here. <laughs> Inside, I'm just wishing, shut up, shut up. Don't make it worse, you know. So we explained we're English. This is a holiday for us. We're sorry. We'll put it out. And they said, no, no, it's fine. We just had to put a grate over the top and everything was fine. And then basically we had all of the firemen around our fire joining in and they were like warming their butts. And, <laughs> and I'm just sat having not been terribly long in, in America, just dumbfounded that this was the first time ever during a Guy Fawkes night that I'd had the fire brigade called out. <laughs> I have two great memories of big bonfires. Um, uh, one was at the local Alveston one where they had a big open field where they would do this. And the bonfire itself had been constructed out of pallets, you know, the shipping pallets. And it was literally about... 70 foot long by about 20 or 30 foot wide Good. and they'd made it into houses of parliament oh, wow. and it was incredible and of course wow. when they first lit it everybody's you know sort of hanging around quite close warming themselves on it because they were cold and within no time everybody was about 40 feet back because <laughs> it was too hot yeah. wow. and then the other really cool bonfire I remember, um, for a while I worked at a place called Myra, the Motor Industry Research Association in Nuneaton. 
And it's where they do a lot of the um, testing on cars. You know, they do the crash tests and all the rest of it. And uh, they happened to have a guy who worked there who had a firework license and did uh, enormous fireworks. And they would always do a, a great big bonfire. So as employees, we'd show up for this big bonfire. But of course, because it was the Motor Industry Research Association, the bonfire was already somebody would come with a an office chair wheeling a crash test dummy and so the crash <laughs> test dummy went up on top of the bonfire <laughs> oh, wow. it was just the most amazing thing to see this crash test dummy being the one that got burnt on the bonfire <laughs> oh i say i know yeah. we another party that we did have um and we invited some american friends over and uh, while we, again, have a very, very small fire, I was trying to explain, you know, the reason why, the history, so on and so forth. One of my friends, and the, the phrase has always stuck with me because I just just couldn't stop laughing. Uh, after I'd finished explaining about the whole Guy Fawkes uh, thing, he said, well, there's nothing like a good burning to bring people together. Oh. <laughs> Whether you call it Bonfire Night, Fireworks Night, or Guy Fawkes Night, some see bonfires and the burning of effigies as commemorating the failure of the gunpowder plot and the safety of the king in parliament. Others celebrate the stand of the Catholics against an oppressive government. Either way, there's nothing quite like a good bonfire on a cold November night. <laughs> 